Welcome to Chapter 3 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Rick Follett, CIO at Good Samaritan Health System. In this segment, Follett talks about why he left Good Samaritan and what brought him back, the downside of being a consultant, and his thoughts on where the industry is headed. Okay, so um, now I wanted to, to switch gears a little bit and talk about your career path. Um, just from looking at LinkedIn, I can see some uh, interesting uh, turns that you've taken. So to start off, you've been CIO at Good Samaritan since 2011, correct? Yes. But you, you were at the organization several years prior. I was here for about eight years, starting in 1998, started as a director of IT, and ultimately, as we kept advancing automation um, it, it was, became clear to me that we were buying in a best-of-breed strategy, and I didn't think that that was going to be something that we as a community hospital could sustain and uh, even afford in the years to come. So we, we went through a strategic planning exercise that resulted in a change of strategy to, to purchase a, an integrated system, which logically for us it came down to two choices, and in part because McKesson had a fairly new system then called Paragon uh, that was scaling up to meet the needs of larger hospitals. And we were already a, a large McKesson customer with many of their best-of-breed products. Uh, it, it became a pretty easy choice to convert to the Paragon system. But in the process of doing that, we also decided that um, it was a good time to outsource the IS department to McKesson and as a result of that, my, my position was eliminated, and I went on to do some independent consulting. Okay. And that consulting led me to another large regional hospital who had uh, purchased an EPIC system for use in the ambulatory environment. They were making a selection at that time to use EPIC throughout the acute care side as well. But I was brought in as a consultant to help determine how could they use their ambulatory EPIC system with uh, other community physicians who could then perhaps um, take advantage of the relaxation of Stark laws that allowed for hospitals to donate some technology to physician practices. So within that program, we were designing an offering of the EPIC ambulatory system to be used in the physician's practice uh, for a small fee that was um, qualified for the Stark uh, exception. Um, that project was successful. Uh, I ultimately went on board to work for that organization as a full-time employee in order to achieve the, um, uh, the buy-in from the board for the stimulus, or the, uh, not, I shouldn't call it stimulus, it was more of a, a subsidy that they would offer to those practices who joined and we brought the project live, and I moved on. Okay. I, I would imagine that it was really interesting going from uh, a, a director role to, to consulting and just you know being in this same environment but having that different role. I, I, I would imagine that that was an interesting perspective for you. Well, it really was, actually. I think uh, the difference between the two is when you are a CIO, you are an owner, when you're a consultant, you're more of an advisor. And there are times when, as an advisor, you'd like to get your hands a little bit more involved. Um, 
it, it may be true that your scope is limited as a consultant, and the benefit there is you can devote your time to solving the problem at hand. Uh, but the downside is uh, there may be other low-hanging fruit that you'd like to also participate in uh, picking, and you may just not be able to do that because it's not your role. I think both both worlds are very interesting and, and intriguing for their uh, what they offer. Uh, my personal preference has been to be an owner and to have more accountability for a broader array of responsibilities than the simple project you might have. Not all of them are simple, but uh, you may be focused on a particular solution as a consultant. You eventually um, came back to Good Samaritan. How did, how did that happen as far as coming into that CIO role? Well, there was a, a point in time where as the stimulus program, uh, the uh, ARA and HITECH Act were enacted, and it, it became clear that the outsourcing agreement with McKesson uh, needed to be supplemented with uh, some consulting staff and uh, ultimately a full-time CIO at the hospital to lead us through the, uh, the whole EHR adoption curve. Uh, it's not just a stimulus program, but really how do we best utilize this new technology that we're now buying and implementing uh, so that we can, and our doctors especially, can use it well and achieve high adoption rates as well as good outcomes and benefits from the system. As I said before, I, I really preferred being an owner, and this was an opportunity to come back to my own community and uh, take a lead in something that's really close to me. Right, and, and obviously very, you're so familiar with the organization and uh, seemed, like a, seemed like it was a good fit, right? It was a perfectly good fit, yes. Now, how do you think, um, having been not just a consultant, but also having wor worked in uh, different settings, different type of uh, ho hospital health system settings, has helped shape your current role now? Well, I, I, I've been through pretty, pretty wide array of settings. Uh, my first healthcare experience was at, at an academic medical center, so I learned the ways of um, especially governance and how you interact with the various entities within a, a, an academic medical center. Uh, that was a great education and prepared me well for my transition to Good Samaritan. Uh, of course, then working in a smaller community hospital where scale and resources become more acute. And it's, it's important there to um, sort out what it what your priorities really are and uh, keep them in the right order so from there going to a large community health system that was not an academic medical center uh, having that experience you know, also showed me when you can scale up what are the um, what are the additional things that you might be able to do or, or be required to do just as a result of your size so that that range of experience, I think, has really rounded out my career and, and enabled me to be as effective as I can be. Even though I'm in a, a, a smaller setting today, I'm very comfortable in large settings as well, but uh, there are some challenges here that you might not see in a large organization that I find very intriguing. Right. And I noticed that uh, you know, you're a part of Chime. Is it something where, where you're in touch with a good number of CIOs at 
organizations maybe similar to yours just to uh, you know, exchange ideas and, and best practices and things like that? Yes, over the years, that's been a, a really a, one of the big benefits of CHIME. Not only they are a world-class organization for healthcare management leadership, um, they're also it's just a great group of people who will help you in any way they can. I think as we help each other, we improve the profession of healthcare IT management. Well, I don't know if there's uh, anything else you wanted to touch on, but we, we've covered really what I wanted to ask. Um, and I guess I just wanted to close out by maybe talk, maybe asking you about where the industry is headed today with, with meaningful use and, and you know, whether you think that uh, the industry is on the right path. I know it's a big question. but <laughs> That is a big question, but it's one that I think most healthcare CIOs have given plenty of thought to. Um, I, I honestly believe we're, we're heading in the right direction. The pace at which we are pursuing it through the stimulus and the meaningful use programs um, is probably a, a little bit too brisk for many of us, especially since we are reliant on our vendors for producing the products that we need to achieve these additional features and functions. And those mature products may be uh, well positioned to deliver on those if you're using, a, for example, a smaller community hospital may be using a less robust system and therefore uh, be really dependent on the maturing of system they are using. Even after the, the vendor delivers the feature function, we have to upgrade to adopt it. And in, no matter the size of your setting, adopting it often re involves changing a workflow. And you want to do it as uh, cautiously and safely as you can so that you don't introduce new errors into the system, but rather you make an improvement every step along the way. I think the pace at which we're pursuing this is really challenging our ability to move everything forward safely. That is still the, the number one thing on the minds of, of CIOs who are adopting and, pr and promoting this technology. Uh, but it's been probably one of the bigger parts of the challenge is to be able to get it done in a timely manner to meet the deadlines yet to do so safely. Right. Okay. Well, that's, uh, that covers everything I wanted to talk about. So I, I want to thank you so much for your time. I, I've enjoyed hearing about the work you're doing and, as well as your thoughts on uh, the industry. Oh, you're quite welcome. It's my pleasure. All right. Thank you. And I hope to follow up with you again down the road. I would welcome that, Kate. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Bye, Bye now. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.